those times when it's time for a gift to come. And that's what happened so long ago, isn't it? There was a young woman who cried out to her husband, it's time, it's time, it's time now for the baby to come. All the way from Nazareth, Joseph had been worried about when this moment would come. Can you imagine what it's like to carry your wife who's just about to have a baby and you're making this journey, not just from this town to the next town, but 70 miles, 70 miles on the back of a donkey. And the whole time, Joseph is wondering, what's going to happen? What if this baby comes while we're on the road? What if we're in a, a, a deserted place? What if we're not anywhere where it'll be safe for the baby to be born? What if it had happened somewhere else? He should have known. He should have trusted God more. The promised child would be born in a stable, not the place he would have chosen, but safe, and warm in a place where everything could happen the way God had planned for it to. The Bible says the days had been completed and soon everything would take place just as the angel had promised. It was right on time. God is always right on time. If only Joseph and Mary had known how true that was, that everything was happening exactly on time, exactly the way God had planned it. They would have been astounded. In the heavens, the Bible says, it was the fullness of time. The Son of God was about to do the unthinkable. He was preparing to set aside his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was to leave the light of heaven Go to a world filled with darkness. He would come to earth. But not as the Son of God visible to everyone else. Not as a heavenly ruler. Not as the Messiah the way people had expected him to. God would enter our world as the ultimate symbol of helplessness. The infant son of ordinary people. He would truly be Emmanuel, God with us. And heaven would know long before mankind would discover that the birth of Christ was the fulfillment of all the plans and all the promises that God had made from the foundation of the world. This was the moment that all of creation had been waiting for. This was the instant that all of heaven had anticipated. This is the message Gabriel had waited to proclaim. God has come. His birth would validate every word from every prophet who had ever been inspired to write about the coming of Messiah. Even as the birth pains began, an angel host departed from heaven to proclaim to men the coming of the king. It was the fullness of time. And everything was happening just as God had planned. In the world around them, everything was happening according to God's plan as well. Far away in the east, wise men were searching diligently for some sign from God, and they discovered a new star in the heaven. 
It was beckoning them to follow. They knew they were witnessing the revelation of a lifetime. Nobody before them and nobody since would ever have the privilege of recognizing God is calling us. And we must go. And they knew that at the end of the journey, they would find the king of kings. They prepared to depart. And as they did, they had no idea where they were going or when they would return. All they knew was that God had told them, follow the star. And that was all they needed to know if they were going to obey God's call. And so, in God's place and in God's time, they left home to begin to witness the most incredible thing that's ever happened in the history of the world. In the hills outside of Bethlehem, shepherds were watching their flocks by night. For them, it was just another night, just like any other. They gathered around the fire, enduring the bitter darkness and praying for the coming of the light. They were not prepared for that moment when the heavens would explode in brilliance or for the angel host or the message that was proclaimed to them, born to you this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When they had made their way to the pastures, the shepherds had no way of knowing before this night is over our lives our world will be changed forever. Nothing will ever be the same again after this night. And they were invited to come and be witnesses. Of all the people in the world, the last folks anybody would imagine, come and be witnesses to what God has done. And when they went to see the baby, they recognized that they were in the presence of holiness. And as they left that night, they only had one thing on their mind. Let's go tell everybody. Everybody you see, everybody you talk to, wherever you go, tell them what you've seen. God has done an amazing thing. It was the fulfillment of an incredible plan. The wise men were preparing to depart. The shepherds were coming down from the hillside, but the Bible also tells us that in a cold palace in Jerusalem, an evil king named Herod slept restlessly, constantly on the watch for anyone who might threaten his power. Herod, who was so jealous of his own abilities and strength that he murdered his own family members lest they be a threat to his power. At the slightest hint of any kind of danger, he would respond ruthlessly. He was a prisoner of his own wickedness and his own fear. Later, when the wise men would come, he told them he wanted to worship as well, but there was no room for God's king in his heart. All he wanted to, was to destroy the one who might take his place. And all of these things were happening around them. Heaven and earth was being affected by what was happening in Bethlehem. But in the stable, Mary and Joseph weren't concerned about any of those things. All they really knew about that night was the days had been accomplished that she should be delivered. 
what they knew was this. They were present at the birth of the first child. They were in a safe place and they heard the babies cry and everything that had been promised had taken place. And there was a look of pride on Joseph's face the way a young father looks at his first child that he was to be the stepfather to. And there was that peaceful look on Mary's face as she recognized God's promise has been fulfilled. It was the fulfillment of a spiritual journey that had begun when Gabriel greeted Mary by saying, Hail, O blessed one, the Lord is with you. And Joseph had been given a message as well. Do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. They knew that there in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, was the one that God had promised. And they knew what they had been told to do. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What an incredible, incredible promise. Jesus would be the fulfillment of God's plan to save a world and people who had no hope apart from him. The lesson of Christmas is both simple and profound. And it is this. Jesus is the fulfillment Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that matters. He was then, he is now. He is the fulfillment of God's plan for people today. And that's why we gather on Christmas Sunday morning and we worship his birth, not because it's a historical event that happened a long time ago, but because it's a reality that takes place in our own lives today. If we let him, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's plan for a world of God's plan to forgive sin, of God's plan to redeem people, of God's plan to grant everlasting life, of God's plan for you. Because of what happened in Bethlehem, I can tell you something with full confidence this morning. God cares about you. You have a place in his heart he loves you, that's why he came. He loves you, that's why he lived. He loves you, that's why he died. And why he rose again and why he's promised to return for his own. Because he loves you. And Christmas is a reminder that when we talk about God's love, we're not talking about little bitty love. We're talking about the greatest love the universe has ever known. A love that would lay aside heaven in order to come to earth and be born a child. God loves you and he wants to forgive your sins and bring you back to him and he sent his son to save us all there's a word that Rich used a little while ago in the children's message it's a really big word trust if you trust him he is the fulfillment of everything God has planned for you. Trust. Christmas begins and ends with our trusting God and the promise he made 
It's a promise I share with you this morning. You don't need a 45-minute message. You need this word that came from the Lord first to the shepherds and then to people through the ages who have heard this message and responded with all their hearts. But most of all, it's a message for you this Christmas Sunday morning. Born to you this day, a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. Will you trust him today? Just a moment, we're going to stand and sing an invitation hymn, an opportunity for you to trust him today. Maybe today's the day you need to enter into a personal relationship with Christ. Maybe today's the day you need to plant your life right here at First Baptist Church. Maybe there's something else you need to do. We're going to stand, and as we sing, as God speaks to your heart, you come. Let's stand together. And I'm so glad we got to share this morning together. You know, 1988, I began my ministry as a pastor of a church. In 1988, we had a Christmas Sunday worship service. And since that time, 
this is my fourth time to get to preach on Christmas Sunday. You just take those kinds of things. Those are precious times. And I'm just so grateful that we got to share it together. We won't get to do it again for 11 years. I'll be here if you will. <laughs> I look forward to it. Let's bow together for one last prayer. And then we'll be dismissed from the service. Father, we thank you for this very special day. We thank you, Father, for Christmas Day and Christmas worship and the fellowship of those we love gathered all around us. Bless us, Lord, as we go from this place to be with family and with friends and help us, Lord, to remember the one who came. He is Christ the Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.